Today we're also beginning a new series for the summer um, that, that's entitled Called To. Um, it's inspired by, by the, the work of Jasper Peters. Um, and in the series we'll be exploring how God calls each of us, just as we are, imperfections and all, to participate in the work of God's reign taking shape here among us in the world. It's appropriate we begin the series on Pentecost because it's God's spirit at work in each of us that allows us to both acknowledge and respond to God's presence in the world. In our first reading, we we hear the first half of the Pentecost story. As the Spirit shows up among those gathered in Jerusalem, and they're both amazed and unsure of what to think of it. In our second lesson, we'll finish the story. As Peter steps up to the mic and explains what this means for followers of Christ both then and now. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the second chapter of Acts, beginning with the 14th verse. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, declares the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. The other day on on Friday, my family and I had the joy of coming to um, Old Town and, and walking along Main Street for the first Friday event. Um, it was the first one we've had since COVID, and I saw a few of you there, so it's good to see a lot of us out. But it had this very Pentecost-like feeling of us all being together in one place. From residents of Old Town to Bealton to Marshall and Culpeper, there were even some folks from Prince William County. All of us gathered together on Main Street Friday evening. It is wonderful to see. It's wonderful to see that many people gathering together after such a long time being apart. It gave me this, this thought or this reflection that there's something magical, there's something truly powerful that happens when people are together. Just a simple act of gathering together that brings out this intangible energy and hope. Endless possibilities abound when we gather together. In our reading and in the story of Pentecost, people from all over, all over the known world, gather in Jerusalem to celebrate the Festival of Weeks, a Jewish harvest festival, also known then as Pentecost, or literally the 50th day after Passover. When all of a sudden this booming sound came from the heavens and the sound of a rushing wind filled the house they were gathered in. 
Divided tongues appeared like fire upon them, and as they were filled with the Spirit, they began to speak in other languages just as the Spirit gave them ability. An important detail is mentioned here. I think the church has overlooked this for a while, too. The apostles here aren't speaking gibberish, nor are they all speaking the same language or a language that everyone can understand. Like Tracy was telling the children, the spirit breaks through and allowed them to speak in different languages. The Greek word here, heteroglossia, um, means that everyone could understand in their own language. This is a big deal in the Roman Empire at the time, the folks who occupied Jerusalem. They saw diverse languages as a threat to power back then. So the Spirit's arrival doesn't negate the diverse languages or wipe out differences between cultures and worldviews. Rather, the Spirit showing up and dwelling among us gathers these different peoples, these different groups who speak different languages together and allows them for the very first time to understand one another. Luke, the author of Acts, who writes Acts as sort of a sequel to the gospel, gives us a laundry list of peoples gathered, and hats off to Janie, our liturgist, for for knocking out all those crazy pronunciations. But this laundry list is very intentional, because these folks represent different languages and cultures that didn't necessarily interact with each other, nor did they necessarily like each other. Luke makes it clear that these apostles had no business speaking all these languages as someone in the crowd shouts, aren't all these folks Galileans? They were. But Galileans were known in the ancient world to be sort of country folk. So to call someone a Galilean in those days was really to call someone not very sophisticated. This gathered people from the ends of the known earth, they can now understand each other. They can hear one another and understand what they're saying in all these different languages. They can hear each other as if they're all speaking the same language, but Luke is very, very clear to tell us that they were not. So while they can hear each other literally, they still can't quite understand each other figuratively. This becomes a problem really quick because this amazing thing happens among them. Remember, when people gather together, amazing things can happen. The problem, though, is they can't agree on what this amazing thing means. They can't agree on what the strange occurrence of God's spirit showing up and shaking up the place really could mean. As some say, are they just drunk on new wine? Or something new and bigger happening? I think in our divisive world, we can understand this phenomenon of understanding someone literally, but not figuratively. While many of us in in our nation and community speak the same language, we also share divergent stories, experiences, and upbringings, sometimes quite dramatically different from one another. And all of these significantly shape our own perception, our own way of seeing the world and everything happening in it. How can we understand one another? Though we speak the same language, our story and our outlook on what's happening in the world looks so different. 
thankfully, Peter jumps into the void here to speak up and tell us what is going on with God's Spirit showing up. And this, I'm quick to note, is Peter's very first sermon. He kind of knocks it out of the park for his first time in a makeshift pulpit. He says that the words from the prophet Joel that they knew well were coming to life. That God's Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, on everyone, young and old, rich and poor, slave and free of every race, language, and culture. God's Spirit has been poured out on all. What does this mean? That this is a time for prophesying, for speaking up and speaking out for God and God's reign of peace and justice taking form and shape here among us. It means that this is a time when the young will see visions and the old will dream dreams. This is always my favorite detail in the Pentecost story because it's a complete flip of the way the world then and now sees it. We usually expect the old to, be the, to, to have the wisdom of experience and so to see visions of what's going on and what we should do. While the act of dreaming is something reserved only for the young. But here Peter notes from Joel's prophecy that the script gets flipped when God's spirit shows up. That now the old can dream. That the young can have wisdom and vision as well. Even more so, Peter's sermon here makes clear that they are now called by God to do this. That all of us are now called to dream and vision anew with God's spirit within and among us guiding us in this work. These words are really ones of hope for the people um, Luke is addressing in Acts. Luke writes a couple generations after the fact, after the first Pentecost. By this point, by the time Luke writes, the temple in Jerusalem has been destroyed and their people are now dispersed throughout the known world. Put it another way, it was hard for Luke in this time to craft and write a story that could bring together a sense of hope and togetherness. Friends, as the COVID pandemic has continued to play a role in our lives for, count it, the third Pentecost now, we may have a similar feeling of missing togetherness and hope for what the post-COVID world could look like or even the post-COVID church could look like. To be sure, friends, it has been tough. But today, on Pentecost, as we celebrate and think and dream and vision about God's Spirit showing up, we get to celebrate that God's Spirit is here among us, guiding us, encouraging us, maybe nudging us a little farther than we're willing to go, in order to make God's reign and realm just a little more visible, a little more alive here in our community and the world around us. Friends, when God's spirit shows up and we're gathered together, anything is possible. Pentecost is a day each year when we're given the opportunity to dream and vision anew for how we as individuals, as a congregation, and the wider community might participate in God's reign of love and justice taking shape among us. Never underestimate what God's Spirit can do when people are gathered together. As part of that today, we call ourselves now to dream and vision anew together. 
We are called to dream. We are called to share visions. Young and old alike and of every um, way and walk of life, whether you're brand new to the church and community or whether you've been here your whole life, all of us are called to this work together to dream and vision anew for how God is present and how God is calling us to respond in love and mercy for those in our midst. The question for us, friends, is will we dare to respond to Peter's invitation here, to dream and vision anew together? Or will we be like the scoffers at the beginning of the story, saying they're just drunk on new wine? It's a powerful question for us to ask ourselves, friends. Will we dare to dream and vision anew? But, you know, the best place where we get to see that, the best place where we get to experience and reflect on that, the best place where we can dream and vision anew together is whenever we gather here at our Lord's table. Because this is the place where we celebrate that God gathers us from every direction and every place, from east and west, from north and south, to be together at the table as a, as a foretaste, as a glimpse of what life in God's kingdom will be like. As we are met and fed by our risen Lord at this table, we are strengthened, we are nourished, we are emboldened with hope to dream and vision anew. So friends, as we prepare to share in this feast with real bread for the first time in two years, let us take this call from Peter seriously. Let us take these prophetic words from Joel seriously that we can dream and vision anew because, friends, we are together and God's spirit has showed up. How will we respond? Amen.